Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays on the Podbean app, which you can download onto your smartphone. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866 609 Hey, this is episode 53 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Monday, December 27th. Hope you had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious. Last November's presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't let me say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. We say the kinds of things that a lot of talk shows aren't allowed to say. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. All right, now one of the organizations that is supporting us here is redriveryourway.com. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live because that's how far they have to go to find what they're looking for. Well, that's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they will drive it to you, no matter where you are, anywhere in the continental United States. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has an Explore Payment Options button. Now, clicking that button that says Explore Payment Options guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options that you have full control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, SUV, anything, anything like that, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door. No matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. All right, so everybody, everybody's freaking out about the, uh, the Let's Go Brandon Dead. After years of F. Trump, after years of, of things like Kathy Griffin holding up uh, what looks like a severed bloody head of Donald Trump. After years of Madonna saying things like she wanted to blow up the White House or Trump was in it. After Johnny Depp 
alluding to an actor killing a president. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, people like Conan O'Brien are doxing this guy who had the gall to say, let's go, Brandon. And Dementia Joe is stupid enough to say, yeah, let's go, Brandon. I agree. Because he doesn't he know what's going on. He has no idea what's going on. So um, the libs are freaking out. The libs are freaking out. They don't want any let's go, Brandon. How disrespectful. How disrespectful. Well, I'll tell you something. This guy, I'm going to play 30 seconds of Brandon here. This guy deserves every ounce of disrespect he's getting and more. Look, the unvaccinated are responsible for their own choices. But those choices have been fueled by dangerous misinformation on cable TV and social media. You know, these companies and personalities are making money by peddling lies and allowing misinformation that can kill their own customers and their own supporters. It's wrong. It's immoral. I call on the purveyors of these lies and misinformation to stop it. Stop it now. The unmitigated gall. You're the liar. You're the liar. Hey, I tell you what. Go back to uh, a theme I touched on the other day. You got a problem with Let's Go Brandon? Huh? You got a problem with that? Okay, how about this? How about this? We'll just we'll just quote some scripture to Dementia Joe. You know? We're told now. We're told in the Bible we should pray for our leaders, right? But all too often in the pulpits of our churches we hear prayers like, Well, Lord, just give them the wisdom. Give them the wisdom, do the right thing. Well, guys like Dementia Joe, they don't want the wisdom to do the right thing. So we got a different kind of prayer. We got a different kind of prayer for guys like Dementia Joe. Let's go, Brandon. Psalm 69. Let their own table before them become a snare. And when they are at peace, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom you have struck down and they recount the pain of those you have wounded. Add to them punishment upon punishment. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. That enough? No? I'll tell you what. How about uh, how about some Psalm 109? For let's go Brandon here. For Dementia Joe, who refuses to even acknowledge the existence of one of his grandchildren. Huh? The one in Arkansas. 
the one that Hunter Biden's paternity test showed he is the father of. As much as any politician I've ever seen, Joe Biden revels in lying to you, revels in trying to make you bend to his will and the will of his puppet masters. Okay. So here's a prayer for our leader, Joe Biden, who stole the election. Psalm 109. Appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tried, let him come forth guilty. Let his prayer be counted as sin. May his days be few. May another take his office. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander about and beg, seeking food far from the ruins they inhabit. May the creditor seize all that he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his toil. Let there be none to extend kindness to him, nor any to pity his fatherless children. May his posterity be cut off. May his name be blotted out in the second generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. And let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. For he did not remember to show kindness, but pursued the poor and needy and the brokenhearted to put them to death. He loved to curse. Let curses come upon him. He did not delight in blessing. May it be far from him. He clothed himself with cursing as his coat. May it soak into his body like water, like oil into his bones. May it be like a garment that he wraps around him, like a belt that he puts on every day. May this be the reward of my accusers from the Lord, of those who speak evil against my life. See, Joe Biden just spoke evil of people telling the truth about the vaccines. He was angry with people telling the truth about the vaccines. And I'm not going to sit here and take it. Especially, especially when I find in God's word passages which are so appropriate to share with you about him. No, I'm done with this. Oh, Lord, just give him the wisdom to do the right thing. No, 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 no. They don't want the wisdom to do the right thing. It's not like they're sitting there going, well, gee, what would be the right thing to do? Yeah, maybe we could appeal to God for some wisdom so we even know the right thing to do. No, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. They're trying to take us down. And it's obvious they're trying to take us down. By the way, need to give a hat tip to uh, Tony Schaefer, president of the London Center for Policy Research, who did a quote tweet on the uh, the Biden soundbite and said, no one has, that's where I got it from. I got it from Tony Schaefer out there on Twitter. He said, no one has spread more COVID lies and misinformation than the liar-in-chief, Joe Biden, who said who said you could go back to normal with no mask 
once vaccinated and that you could not spread COVID once vaccinated. Yes, Joe, stop it. Stop your lying and propaganda now. Yeah, Joe Biden, the guy who on October 15th, 2020 said we're eight months into this pandemic and Donald Trump still doesn't have a plan to get this virus under control. I do. Well, where is it, Joe? You're the guy who wasn't going to shut down the economy. You're going to shut down the virus. Where is it, Joe? Joe Biden is a liar and serves the father of all lies. Yeah, I said it. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? That's the deal, man. That's the deal. All right, so. Speaking of people lying about the vaccines, anybody remember uh, Rachel Madcow? You turn on MSNBC. No, I'm not. I'm not recommending that. But if you turn on MSNBC, you see this woman who is sometimes mistaken, understandably by people to be a man. I mean, when you see um, her picture in a college annual, it's like, oh, well, that's that's kind of an attractive-looking woman there. It's a, you know, shot the hair off. Don't want to look like a woman anymore. Fine. You know, I mean, it's America. You can do what you want. Takes all kinds, right? That's what they always tell us. You, you, can, you can do what you want. You got the freedom. But she also has the freedom from MSNBC, just like the guy that just retired, Brian Williams, to go in there and just lie through her teeth and never be held accountable, as she did on March 29th, 2021, when she said this. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug-resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means... The vaccines will get us to the end of this. Bald face lie. Bald face lie. Now, we don't know if she knew it was a lie when she said it, but we know she knows it's a lie by now. But she's not going to take it back. The CDC has made it very clear. They're admitting, well, yeah, you know. They made it clear months ago, months ago. Just a few weeks after the word came down from the corporate vice president of programming of Cumulus Media, a guy named Brian Phillips, to the talk radio program directors, hey, 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 whatever you do. 
Don't let your on-air personalities cast any aspersions about the vaccine now. Come on. A few weeks later, the uh, director of the CDC is like, wow, you know, we got some breakthrough cases. Yeah. Yeah, we got some people who totally vaccinated and getting the COVID anyway. But, uh, yeah, they seen the data coming out of Israel. One of the earliest heavily vaccinated nations. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there thinking, now, if I'd said this yesterday, I could have gotten fired. But just reporting on the director of the CDC saying it, what are they going to do? It's not me. It's her saying it. So Maddow's known this all this time. Think she's going to take it back? No, 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 no. Got to take one for the team. Got to take one for the team. So all this time into it, you got people like, uh, let me back up a second. So we do a national live stream every day, which you can listen to live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on DocWashingtonShow.com. Got an embedded media player right there. You listen to it live. And some of the people who used to listen to me when I did local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, say, hey, you know what? We really love the podcast. We really love the fact that you can say whatever you want to. You're not censored anymore by this big radio company. But, you know, we sure do miss the uh, the local Arkansas news. And I've had to explain, well, you know, over 70% of the people who download our podcast are from the other 49 states, so we just have to do a national podcast. However, every once in a blue moon, we can throw in something Arkansas-related because it's a microcosm of what's going on in the rest of the country, okay? So Arkansas still has this rhino governor, this uh, Republican-in-name-only governor, Asa Hutchinson, who's all about, yeah, we got to make sure the five-year-olds in kindergarten are, are masked. Yeah. He doesn't care that there's a statistically insignificant risk of getting COVID. It's not what it's about. With any statist, I don't care if he's got an R by his name or not, Aza Hutchinson is a statist. He likes running the show. He, he doesn't like, that's the governor of Arkansas, in case you're outside Arkansas. He doesn't like the idea of separation of powers and the legislature being allowed to do anything. He likes being emperor, as he proved when the Wu flu kicked in. Anyway, so this far into it, this far into it, he's insisting, oh, no, 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 no. He'll go to schools with other elected leaders like the, the, the mayor of Little Rock and the rhino U.S. Congressman French Hill from the 2nd District where they're grinning broadly, no masks, no socialist distancing at an elementary school with these little five-year-olds standing in front of them who have to wear masks. They don't care. 
It's all about control. It's all about control for these guys. Now, a remarkable thing happened. We want to talk about how the mask mandates and the lockdowns and everything are negatively affecting our children. A remarkable thing happened on CBS Face the Nation yesterday morning. I don't know how on earth, I don't know how on earth they allowed this comment to get through. Margaret Brennan is a host. She turned to somebody named Jan. Don't know who it is. I don't watch the Sunday morning talk shows. But Jan spoke truth to power, and they didn't interrupt her for a minute and a half. And God bless her for saying what she said. It's what the uh, the late, great Rush Limbaugh, the Maharishi, would say, a random act of journalism. It happened on CBS Face the Nation yesterday morning, and you need to hear this. Well, I want to get to underreported stories uh, as well. Jan? Oh, for me, I mean, my kids hear me rant about this every day, so I may as well tell you guys. It's it's the crushing impact that our COVID policies have had on young kids and children. Uh, by far, you know, the least serious risk for serious illness. Uh, but, I mean, even teenagers, you know, a healthy teenager has a one in a million chance of getting and, di- and dying from COVID, which is way lower than, you know, dying in a car wreck on a road trip. Uh, but they have suffered and sacrificed the most, especially kids in underrepresented, at-risk communities. And now we have the Surgeon General saying there's a mental health crisis mm-hmm. among our kids. Uh, the risk of suicide girl, suicide attempts among girls now up 51% this year. Uh, black kids uh, nearly twice as likely as, as white kids to die by suicide. I mean, school closures, lockdowns, cancellation of sports. You couldn't even go on a playground in the D.C. area uh, without cops scurrying, uh, getting shooting the kids off. Tremendous negative impact on kids. And it's been an afterthought. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hurt their dreams, their future, learning loss, risk of abuse, their mental health. And now with our knowledge, our vaccines, uh, if our policies don't reflect a more measured and reasonable approach for our children, mm-hmm. they will be paying for our generation's decisions uh, the rest of their lives. And that, to me, is the greatest underreported story of the past year. Fauci doesn't care. Fauci does not care. Fauci, the guy that's saying, no, no, let's mask two-year-olds outside in the warm weather in the summer. Fauci doesn't care. He's a monster. He's a monster. And yet... He's still the top go-to guy for COVID for this administration, right? Doesn't care. Doesn't care. And you want me to show respect to Dementia Joe, to Let's Go Brandon, when he has the torturer of small children? Anthony Fauci, 
What's a great one? What's Mark Levin calling? Dr. Anthony Tony Fouch Fouch? And I'm supposed to respect Biden? No. No. Now Fauci is out there saying uh, he's all for a vaccine mandate if you want to get on a plane. Well, you know what? With everything I've seen about domestic air travel, there's no way I get on a plane. There's no way I get on a plane. No, forget it. Forget it. Anybody remember all the lies? Let's uh, let's let's play some of the lies they used to tell us. It wasn't just Rachel Madcow. No, 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 no. Here we go. There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. That was um, Bill Gates talking about, I guess, the money they made from the vaccines. And then uh, Dementia Joe. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These. Now, that's a lie. That's a lie. Fauci's next. If you have these vaccinations, these vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated. No, they're not. Oh, Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director. Highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're yeah, they do. You're a liar. Really, really good against variants. Everyone no, they're not. You're a liar. Bill Gates. One who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. That's a lie. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Nope. They don't want you getting back to normal. What, are you kidding me? What, are you kidding me? Here again, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. A key goal. Your third, your fourth, your fifth, how many? Bill Gates. Well, is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Yeah, that's not happening. Fauci. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If- He's a liar. Never held accountable. Dementia Joe. If you're vaccinated... You're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. And yet, we see these soccer players around the world dropping dead, fully vaccinated. What's up with that? See, nobody's going to ask Dementia Joe about that. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Oh, wait a minute. CDC director turned that around, didn't she? Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. That changed, though, didn't it? Didn't it? But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't. Oh, they can't. Huh. Almost like it's part of the plan. Bill Gates. We have vaccines that block transmission. 
We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new, a new way of doing the vaccine. Yeah, I wonder how much you're making off of them. Yeah, they don't stop the transmission. Oh, but you said they did. Fauci. Level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Yeah, so why do you want uh, vaccine mandates to get on a plane then? There's no difference. Follow the money. All about them Benjamins. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe illness from those vaccinated early. Do you know the CDC director said that? Yeah, they don't. They don't really want you dwelling on that, do they? No, they don't. That was a CDC director who serves at the pleasure of, ordinarily you'd say serves at the pleasure of the president, but we don't really have a president, we have a usurper. Serves at the uh, pleasure of whoever is pulling Biden's puppet strings. Yeah. They lie to you a lot, you know. They lie to you a lot. They want to control you. They want to control your health care. And the idea was when they passed Obamacare was to take away every and any chance you would have to direct your own health care. That's why Nancy Pelosi was willing to lose control of the U.S. House for the Democrats. It was that important. But guess what? Despite her best efforts, you can still be in control of your health care coverage. Let me tell you how that works. Now, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. The first thing you will see are in big, bold letters is the words, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. That sounds great, doesn't it? And then there is a button that says schedule call now. You click on that button. You book a free consultation with my buddy, Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. And... And gives you an insurance plan that won't insult your deeply held religious beliefs. Unlike a lot of those Obamacare plans, you don't wind up having to cover abortion and horrible things like that. Again, myfamilyhealthplan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, 
personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Schedule your free consultation with MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Save money on your insurance, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. All right, now, that having been said, played for you a little bit ago a remarkable thing that happened on CBS Face the Nation yesterday morning. One of their correspondents talking about the terrible effect that the mask mandates and the lockdowns and all the terrible things the government has done in response to the Wu flu, in response to the China virus, how horribly it's affected young people. And a hat tip to uh, Stephen Miller, senior advisor to President Trump, for linking to it on Twitter and saying the anti-science mandates being imposed on young children will have devastating lifelong consequences. And yet the Biden administration continues to demand that we mask toddlers, sabotaging a child's most crucial social and cognitive development window. That's it. Look, the Democrat Party is the party of abortion. Okay? The party that says, hey, Kill babies all nine months, any reason whatsoever. And you think they're actually going to care about children that are born? No. How many years have we been hearing about the slippery slope? The slippery slope. That if you devalue the unborn Life, the unborn human beings, won't take long. Won't take long to devalue any other human beings. And sure enough, you know, I read somewhere. I read somewhere that the... uh, Love of money is the fruit of all kinds of evil. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Right there in the Bible. The love of money is the fruit fruit of all kinds of evil. Now, there's a fellow named Richard Vigory. He's out there on uh, on the social media direct marketing pioneer for top conservatives. His efforts led to the Reagan election in 1980. Richard Vigory, a guy that I follow on Twitter and and, uh, am honored he follows me. He's the chairman of the Fed Up Pack and author over conservative headquarters. So I... You know, when he speaks, I listen. 
So he's got a new tweet out there just a minute ago saying, we've got Sustainable Freedom Lab founder John Anthony's latest column. Read it for the content, save it for the footnotes for COVID info you won't find in the establishment media. Huh. Well, let's take a look then. John Anthony, founder of the Sustainable Freedom Lab, LLC. New article over at Richard Vigory's conservativehq.org entitled, Federal Agencies, Should We Trust Them? Starts out with a quote, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, must be the CDC. Kind of rhymes, doesn't it? As Americans seek trusted sources for health issues, claims of disinformation are flying like bombs, nefarious monkeys. Fact checkers, legacy media, and social platforms rush to save trusted news by censoring disinformation and redirecting the curious to the CDC, FDA, Pfizer, and other official sources. Dissenters like Peter McCullough, a respected internist, cardiologist, and epidemiologist, and considered a leading authority on early COVID-19 treatment, have been lambasted in the media and on Wikipedia. Dr. Robert Malone, the co-discoverer of mRNA, now used in many vaccines, has been trivialized. His discoveries attributed to nameless researchers and his Wikipedia page removed. Dr. Harvey Risch, Yale professor of epidemiology and one of that university's most cited publishers, has been labeled a fraud because his stance on early treatment using hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and claims that the vaccinated make up the majority of new COVID cases do not line up with the CDC data. In months, these former icons of scientific authority have been demoted to dangerous has-beens, but are they? How trustworthy are the agencies supplying us with information? Before we join the legions of academics, medical associations, and media supporting federal agency narratives, let's look at some of the recent information from Pfizer, from the CDC, from the FDA that is driving public policy. Well, first of all, the FDA told us the Pfizer vaccines are 95% effective. The 95% figure called relative risk, only compares laboratory groups that could benefit from the jab. It does not mean the vaccinated are 95% protected from COVID-19. That figure, called the absolute risk, is less than 1%. Using the relative risk number creates a false impression about the vaccine's effectiveness. In fact, the FDA warns against using the relative risk number because it can be misleading. Oh, really? Quote, Patients are unduly influenced when risk information is presented using a relative risk approach. This can result in suboptimal decisions. Thus, an absolute risk format should be used. Seems the FDA and Pfizer and every other vaccine maker are ignoring the safety guidelines, which is likely contributing to suboptimal COVID decisions. We now know, thanks to data from the U.K. and other countries, the vaccine's potency 
completely dissipates in about 200 days. The much-touted boosters are strong initially, but data shows even their strength wanes after just two months. Really? Well, now, the FDA told Americans the COVID vaccines are safe. How's that working out? A new study confirms what individual reports have indicated that the vaccines compromise your immune system. Really? The mRNA BNT162B2 vaccine induces complex functional reprogramming of innate immune responses, which should be considered in the development and use of this new class of vaccines. Well, where's that footnote from? Medricsiv.org. There's so much information out there they don't want getting out. Reports also show a surge in deaths of five-year-olds following vaccinations. From vaccinedeaths.com. A surge in deaths of five-year-olds. You don't want that, do you? The UK vaccine surveillance data reveals that N-antibody levels appear to be lower in individuals who acquire infection following two doses of vaccination. In other words, two doses of the vaccine lowers natural immunity. Oh, see, that's not good. Data shows natural immunity in the vaccinated from 40 to 79 years of age is cut in half by week 40 and continues to drop thereafter. After months of castigating dissenters like Dr. Peter McCullough, Big Pharma finally admitted the vaccines do cause blood clots. Really? From the epictimes.com and from uh, UK Daily Mail. But see, but see, nobody's reporting on that, are they? Even the network that we used to trust, Fox News, they're not reporting on that. No, Fox News has their own vaccine mandate for their employees, right? Right? So none of the growing body of evidence instills confidence that the vaccines are safe or effective. Pfizer reported one set of trial results to the public and another set to the FDA. Did you know that? Now, this is an absolute no-no, but it seems Pfizer is up to some of their old tricks. And the FDA is either oblivious or complicit. When the FDA released their initial trial information, they claimed 15 participants died of all causes in the vaccinated group and 14 in the placebo group. Internal records show in the same period they told the FDA 21 people died of all causes in the vaccinated trial group and 17 in the placebo group. So more in the vaccinated group than in the control group. A follow-up shows that between November and March, 19 vaccine recipients died compared to 13, just 13 placebo recipients and difference of nearly 50%. Most of the deaths were from the vaccine or heart-related issues, a known side effect of the drug. Really? Let's, Let's go on here. The FDA and Pfizer have attempted to shield the full trial report from the public. Did you know that? No, you didn't know that, did you? Because 
your local TV stations aren't telling you that, are are they? Your your local newspapers aren't telling you that. Fox News isn't telling you that. Forget about CNN and MSNBC. Fox isn't even. No, 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 no. No. I'm told Fox News has their own vaccine mandate, again, for their employees. After asking nicely and getting nowhere, a Freedom of Information Act request was filed to force the FDA to release the original documents, cumulative analysis of post-authorization adverse event reports. Though the FDA said it will take up to 75 years to release the full information, they argue it takes more time to redact information they don't want to share than it did to robustly study the report. The initial released pages uncovered that 1,223 people died in the first 90 days of the vaccine introduction. The report also reveals Pfizer claimed to do frequent and rigorous monitoring of vaccine cases. Instead, they used voluntary passive reporting, noted for undercounting, marketing literature, and other outside sources for information. Pfizer admits the magnitude of underreporting is unknown. There were so many adverse events, their system was overwhelmed, yet they concluded, quote, the findings of these signal detection analyses are consistent with the known safety profile of the vaccine, unquote. Through February, there are almost 159,000 events or adverse reactions to the Pfizer vaccine. Approximately 50% of these events were deemed serious. 1,223 vaccine recipients died. Over 11,000 had not recovered by report time. The results from 9,400 recipients are unknown, and nearly 75% of the vaccine victims were women. Um, Don't Pfizer and the FDA think women would want to know this? Though it is not proprietary information, the FDA redacted the total number of shots and recipients, making it impossible to precisely calculate the extent of the adverse effects. Now, the most conservative estimates show approximately 1 in 11,000 died following the vaccine, nearly double the rate reported in the vaccine adverse event reporting system. Now, remember, that that is a, a voluntary reporting system. The FDA intentionally withheld information vital for the public and physicians to make wise health care decisions. Oh, no, there's more. CDC says COVID deaths are 99% from the unvaccinated, creating a pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? Well, there are problems with that. None of this turned out to be true. COVID proved not to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky was forced to walk back her 99% comment. Exhaustive, exhaustive studies show that vaccinations are unrelated to the number of COVID causes, COVID cases. Take two. What happens when you do it live? Exhaustive studies show that vaccinations are unrelated to the number of COVID cases and deaths. Fully vaccinated ship passengers and crew 
are breaking out with COVID. Highly vaccinated nations like Scotland, Gibraltar, and Israel all have increased infections among the vaccinated, in many cases disproportionately among the vaccinated. Now, how's that happening? CDC told us you're not counted as vaccinated until 14 days after the final recommended jab. Oh, really? So vaccine adverse event reporting system data shows most vaccine-related deaths occur within 14 days of getting vaccinated because the CDC does not consider a person fully vaccinated until the 15th day after the last jab. Vaccinated deaths appear on the CDC's records as unvaccinated deaths, creating the illusion that vaccines are safer than the data shows. Did I mention to you that they're lying to us? And it's all about money and power and control. Did I mention that? I didn't? Oh, they're lying to us that it's all about money, power, and control. But wait, there's more. CDC claims that the vaccine adverse event reporting system is unreliable and overcounts vaccine adverse events because anyone can complete the form. Now, it is true that the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, theirs, is a passive system anyone can access. It's also true passive systems are notorious for undercounting events. Though they have been asked, the CDC has been unable to provide any evidence of overcounting. Their remark claiming there's overcounting on the VAERS system. Here's what the CDC does not say. First of all, many doctor and health professionals are not aware of their obligation to comp- Pete, no, that's a typo. Many doctors and health professionals are not aware of their obligation to complete a VAERS report. That's number one. Number two, the VAERS reports require a professional about 30 minutes to complete. Most do not have the time and are not paid for the extra workload, so cases go unreported. Number three, each page times out, meaning if you stop, You must start the entire process over again, causing many to get frustrated with the process and give up. Number four, the VAERS form clearly warns, quote, knowingly filing a false VAERS report is a violation of federal law, 18 U.S. Code 1001, punishable by fine and imprisonment, unquote. So studies consistently show the VAERS system underreports cases. The 2010 Harvard Pilgrim Health Study shows VAERS captures as little as 1% of adverse events. A recent anaphylaxis study confirms the Pilgrim report. Anaphylaxis is a known vaccine adverse event that doctors are required to report on. VAERS and the CDC claim a rate of 2 to 5 deaths per million people. Yet a carefully monitored Mass General Brigham study revealed that 2.5 per 100,000 contracted the disease within 17 minutes following vaccination. Huh, that'd be a lot more than 2 to 5 deaths per million people. 2.5 per 100,000? This means events occurred 50 to 120 times more than VAERS and the CDC reported when asked to explain the discrepancy, the CDC dodged the issue. 
They dodged the issue. Why am I not surprised? They dodged the issue when asked to explain the discrepancy. Why am I not surprised? You ever seen the movie Fargo? That's what it reminds me of. When the uh, female sheriff there is trying to uh, conduct an interview of William H. Macy's character in the automobile, uh, the, the car dealer, where he works in, you know? And he excuses himself for a moment and walks out of the uh, office where she's conducting the interview. And she looks out the window there, out there in the snow, and sees him getting in the car and driving away. And she says, he's fleeing the interview. He's fleeing the interview. It's kind of what this reminds me of. There's evidence that uh, that the death rates after the vaccines are much higher than what's being reported. The CDC don't want to talk about it, do they? They don't want to talk about it. It's remarkable. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, the CDC studies that shows vaccinations are superior to natural immunity. The CDC released a study showing the recovered unvaccinated are about five and a half times more likely to catch COVID than those who were never infected and got vaccinated. This study flies in the face of nearly every other major study of natural immunity out there. When you see what the CDC did to get these results, it raises suspicions uh, if the vaccine works at all. See, the CDC study was convoluted and deceptive. Instead of comparing one vaccinated to one unvaccinated group, it compared two dissimilar hospitalized groups to see which of the two showing COVID-like symptoms had the greater percentage of true COVID cases. The study never fully adjusted for the differences. Are you confused yet? You see, one hospitalized group contained older, more frail people with COVID-like illnesses, but not COVID. The other consisted of younger, more active people with few COVID-like illnesses. So if they were hospitalized, they were more likely to have covid Since older people had more COVID-like illnesses and were also more likely to be vaccinated, it was nearly certain the more vaccinated people would show a lower percentage of COVID-like to real COVID cases than the younger, less vaccinated group. The difference was not because of the vaccines, but because of the way the groups were selected. This article explains the deception in more detail. Are you confused yet? Because I sure am. Anyway, they linked to an article over brownstone.org, which has done a great job in trying to get the truth out. More than 140 studies refute the CDC's claim of superior immunity from vaccines. Did you know that? See, your local TV station doesn't want you to know that. And the media doesn't want you to know that. I'm not just talking ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN. No, Fox News don't want you to know that. They're not going to cover this. As I've said a couple of times already today, 
They got their own vaccine mandate for employees, right? CDC, FDA, and Dr. Fauci demonized treatments with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin as dangerous and ineffective. Did you know that? The agencies used a series of problematic studies to justify their condemnation. One study overdosed patients with toxic levels of hydroxychloroquine, and another was retracted and called a monumental fraud. Multiple deeply flawed anti-hydroxychloroquine studies proved inconclusive. Contrary to the CDC and FDA reviews of ongoing clinical trials have proven hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin to be safe and effective in early treatment of COVID. Undeterred, the FDA continues to warn the dangers of off-label use of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for COVID treatment. CDC redefined the word vaccine to include the new mRNA shots. Did you know about this? When it was discovered, the new vaccines, quote-unquote, so-called vaccines, neither prevent disease nor provide immunity as promised, a notable setback for any legitimate vaccine, the CDC altered the definition of vaccines to cover the new gene therapy. Seems all the so-called nut jobs who said mRNA is not a vaccine were right. So wait, they weren't nut jobs after all? No, they weren't. Stephen Ulrich, president of Bayer's Pharmaceuticals Division, told international so-called experts during a globalist health conference that the mRNA COVID-19 shots were not vaccines, but cell and gene therapy marketed as vaccines to be palatable to the public. Did you know that? No, I didn't think so. Because the media doesn't want you to know these things. By the way, Pfizer assured us the vaccine, so-called vaccine, and boosters are safe, right? Of course they did. Now, just 12 years ago, Pfizer paid out $2.3 billion for falsifying data illegally promoting drugs, paying kickbacks to health care providers, and felony violations for attempts to defraud and mislead. Do you think they've changed? Pfizer's profits are soaring due to the COVID vaccines. 14 members of the FDA panel that approved vaccinations for children have direct financial ties to Pfizer. In one study showing the safety of the Pfizer COVID vaccine, eight of the 12 researchers have direct financial ties to Pfizer. Did you know any of that? I didn't think so. Because the media doesn't want you to know about that. The FDA approved vaccines for children ages 5 to 11, claiming they are safe and 90% effective. Now, Pfizer doesn't know whether the vaccines are safe because the trial only ran for less than two and a half months. Of the 2,000 children in the base trial, none were sick enough to require a vaccine, meaning the only certain result was that children in the age bracket do not need vaccines. To arrive at 90.7% effective, Pfizer compared the antibodies of children aged 5 to 11 to those of young adults from a different study and ascertained they had 90.7% of the older group's level of antibodies. Quote, 
neutralizing antibody titers at one month post-dose 2 in children 5 to 11 years of age were compared to neutralizing antibody titers one month one month post-dose 2 among a subset of study participants 16 to 25 years of age randomly selected for from, from efficacy randomly <laughs> randomly selected from uh, efficacy study C459 1001 who had previously received two doses of the vaccine but 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 let's, let's drag us out of our confusion here even the FDA guidelines say antibodies are a poor test for immunity the FDA defied their own antibody guidelines and approve the vaccine for ages 5 through 11 in a statement containing numerous falsehoods. There was no proof of immunity since they only tested for antibodies. The test was not conducted long enough to ascertain long-term effects, and since children rarely contract serious COVID, it is uncertain if the vaccine had any positive effects. Studies show children do not need the vaccine, and parents are wise to not give it to them. The FDA and Pfizer ignore the risks to children that appear to outweigh any possible benefits. Last but not least, CDC claims it is uh, it is necessary. CDC claims it is necessary to vaccinate children ages 5 to 11 to protect their parents and the community from getting COVID. Seriously, who gives an unproven so-called vaccine to a child who doesn't need it so they might prevent their parents from catching a disease that is easily treatable. So when the vaccine adverse events reporting system indicates thousands die within 14 days of taking the vaccine, and the CDC says, well, let's count it after 15 days, when star athletes drop like flies days after being jabbed, and officials say, oh, it's coincidence. When one drug company's vaccine is found to create blood disease and the FDA says make it your third jab choice instead of your first, when the vaccine stopped working so you are told to get more, and when professionals with everything to lose and little to gain, doctors like McCullough, Malone, Rich and countless nurses, epidemiologists, biostatisticians, and family physicians all say these COVID vaccines are new and risky, get early treatment instead, and until we learn more, only use the jabs as necessary in high-risk patients. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? That is John Anthony, founder of the Sustainable Freedom Lab over at Richard Vigory's conservativehq.org. The article is entitled Federal Agencies. Should we trust them? Now, I'm going to do a little experiment here. I'm going to try to put this up on my Facebook page. My just personal Facebook page, Doc Washburn on Facebook. And we'll see what happens because I'm telling you, I don't think they'll be too happy with me. Somehow or another, I just got this inkling. I got this sneaking suspicion. 
Facebook is not going to be too happy with me. So let's see what happens. You click on what's on your mind. You right-click. You hit paste. And uh, a thumbnail comes up. And uh, I'll do a description. Um, I read this article on my show today. Oh, see, that's no good because I had all caps on. Sorry about that. I read this <laughs> article on my show today. Let's see. How about have you heard any of these facts? The media doesn't want you to hear them. Now, maybe since I don't mention vaccines, okay, by name and what I just wrote, and maybe since the screenshot, federal agencies, should we trust them, doesn't mention vaccines, maybe Facebook won't flag this and take it down and suspend me. But the screenshot does have a picture of a needle with a drug in it, so I don't know I don't know how Facebook's algorithm works. You know? Whether the algorithm takes uh takes account of pictures or it's just word based. I I'll bet it's word based. I bet it's very difficult for an algorithm to take to take pictures into account. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I will tell you one thing, since we're talking about health care anyway. I will tell you about the best-kept secret in American health care and what happened to my wife and how she was helped. So this time of year, 2015, um, my then-fiancé, and I went to Panama City, Florida to visit family. And um, we came back, I think, on December 30th, 2015. And the next day I couldn't get a hold of her. I couldn't. I, I tried calling and never could get in touch with her. And I didn't know her two adult children well enough to have their phone numbers. And I didn't know what to do how to get a hold of her. And so on the evening of December 31st, I get a private message on Facebook from her daughter saying, um, Doc, Mama woke up this morning not able to catch her breath, and Jason's girlfriend had to drive her 80 miles an hour to get her to the ER at Baptist, and she's in a medically induced coma. So I was shocked that my fiancé was in something that I'd never heard of before, a medically induced coma. You know, I only knew one meaning for the word coma, which is you're on your last legs. I didn't realize medically induced coma means, well, they had to put you under to kind of try to stabilize you. So um, <clears throat> she was in the hospital for nine days. 
the first two and a half of it in the medically induced coma. And um, I had been telling her about upper cervical care, about getting your atlas adjusted. But when she got out of the hospital, she was ready. She wanted to go. If there's something that the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center can do to help me, I want to find out about it. So I took her there, and they did the x-rays, and sure enough, they said, your atlas is out of alignment. Now, let me explain that to you, what that means. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column. The atlas, the C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect anything, your reproductive system, your digestive system, your circulatory system. And yes, in the case of my wife, your respiratory system. So Dr. Crabtree at the Arkansas Cervical Center adjusted my then fiance, my now wife's atlas, and as we're walking out of the office to get in the car in the parking lot, Peggy said, Doc, this is crazy. I'm like, what? She said, the big toe on my left foot has felt numb and tingly for years and now feels normal. I said, well, that's good. I was doing my uh, live radio talk show in Little Rock that afternoon. She texted me and said, hey, guess what, Doc? I don't have my regular daily backache. I'm kind of like, that's good. A few days later, she said, you know, I have not had a headache since I got my atlas adjusted, the Arkansas Upper Circle Center. I said, well, how often are you used to having a headache? She said, every day. So I say all that to say this. If you got migraines, if you got neck pain, back pain, vertigo, eczema, all kinds of things, do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Circle Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, Click on the tab that says find a doctor and find one close to where you are. Oh, I forgot to mention. She had to go uh, to a uh, follow-up appointment a few weeks later after she got out of, of the hospital to a specialist, okay? And um, to a pulmonologist, you know, a guy who diagnoses the treats diseases of the respiratory system. Because she had been told she had COPD. She goes to the pulmonologist a few weeks after getting her atlas adjusted, and he said, you don't have COPD. I don't, I don't have any idea how you wound up in the, in the, in the ER with breathing problems. You're fine. This goes to show. Now, I've had people who don't understand about getting your atlas adjusted saying, uh, Doc, stop lying. That's impossible. 
I'm not lying. It is possible. And upper cervical care is the best kept secret in American healthcare. I can't help it if you don't understand it because you haven't looked into it. Go to the website, turnmypoweron.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, that having been said, let's look. Um, The article full of damning information about the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and the vaccines from Richard Vigory's conservativehq.org has been up on my um, Facebook page now for six minutes. They haven't done anything to it yet, probably because the word vaccine isn't in there, and so the algorithm hasn't caught it. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it, you know? Oh, isn't that sweet? Somebody uh, reporting in on the Podbean app says, this is my new favorite show. Thank you for calling these monsters out. Well, thank you. Another one says, had a very bad case of COVID Thanksgiving 2020. Had antibodies tested three months ago and still had them. Had antibodies tested again last week and they're still very strong. There you go. There you go. Somebody else said, "Where my kids go to, where my kids go to school, most of the vaccinated kids are getting COVID, not the kids who haven't gotten the vaccination." So you wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. Another one says the virus is temporary. The vaccine is permanent. And the needle is now rape, thanks to Brandon. Yikes. Huh. So there's one guy saying, I'm seriously about to give up trying to listen to your show live. Really wish y'all could get the robotic cutting out feed fixed. But there's only one comment like that. So I guess I'll just say, Because usually if there's a problem, a whole bunch of people say there's a problem. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I should screenshot this. My IT guy could take a look at it. Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. Do you know how to do a screenshot, by the way? There tends to be a little... um, button on the lower left of your uh, keyboard that looks like a window and you hit that and the other button on the upper right that says print screen and that copies what the screen looks like and then there's an app on your computer called paint and you just paste it there and you're good so i don't know we'll we'll, we'll try to figure it out we'll try to figure it out ray sorry about that Now, Washington Examiner has a new article out. 75% of Americans agree there are only two genders. Did you know about that? You know, 
if Republican politicians were in touch with Americans instead of trying to wish everybody a happy Kwanzaa this time of year, they might do better. Yeah, the college Republicans are wishing people a happy Kwanzaa. And um, what was the Ohio State Republican Party? Was that who it was? I don't remember who it was. Oh, was it the uh, the national GOP? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, this whole Kwanzaa thing, it was started by a guy named Ron Karinga, who was a convicted rapist. And during the early years of Kwanzaa, Karinga said it was meant to be an alternative to Christmas. See, he didn't like Jesus. He didn't like Christianity. He called it a white religion that black people should shun. All right? As Kwanzaa gained mainstream adherence, Ron Karinga altered his position so as to try to not alienate practicing Christians. But um, it's just a stupid made-up holiday. It's a stupid made-up holiday. And I saw earlier today a comment by a lady who came here from Africa and she said, I'm African, and we don't know anything about this Kwanzaa thing you're talking about. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, where I come from this time of year. How about that? Oh, breaking news today, presented without comment. Sarah Weddington, the feminist lawyer who argued in favor of Roe v. Wade, has passed away. No, no comment. The National Pulse has an article out. New York Times editor, just 49 years old, dies one day after getting the Moderna booster shot. That's tragic. Carlos Tejada, a New York Times deputy Asia editor, has died at the age of 49. He suffered a heart attack less than a day after posting to social media that he had received a Moderna booster vaccination. Tejada, who worked in part on the New York Times COVID-19 coverage, was married with two children. He had worked at the Wall Street Journal prior to moving to the New York Times, where he worked for almost five years. According to Carlos Tejada's own Instagram page, he was grateful to receive the mRNA LNP booster while in Seoul, South Korea. Tejada originally received the Johnson & Johnson DNA AAV COVID-19 vaccination in July 2021. Less than a day after receiving his Moderna booster on December 17th, Carlos Tejada died of a heart attack. The news was shared. The news was shared via his social media by his wife, Nora, the following morning. The New York Times confirmed his death on December twenty second. 
Former New York Times journalist Alex Berenson reported on a substack that Tejada did not give informed consent to receive the booster shot as the consent form was written in Korean and Carlos Tejada does not read Korean. On his social media, Tejada joked that Omicron could, quote, hit him with your wet snot, unquote, before going on to say, quote, all I had to do was fill out this form in a language I can't read. Translation software tells me I now belong to the BTS Army, unquote. BTS being a popular boy band in Korea. Alex Berenson also noted there have been no clinical trials on the efficacy of mixing two different types of vaccinations. In other words, getting the vaccine from Johnson Johnson, getting the booster from Moderna, and no trials on that whatsoever. What's that going to do to you? Studies conducted on COVID-19 vaccination suggest that those who receive vaccines in rapid succession are more likely to develop heart complications such as myocarditis and pericarditis. New York Times has thus far made no reference to Carlos Tejada having received his booster shot just hours before his premature death by heart attack. To this, Alex Berenson a former New York Times employee said he hoped that Tejada's death would finally wake up the New York Times. Well, good luck on that, Alex. Studies published to AAHA have suggested that mRNA vaccines increase inflammatory markers in patients. Prior to Tejada receiving his Moderna booster, the CDC announced that 80% of COVID-19 Omicron variant cases were found in fully vaccinated individuals. Oh, my. See, that's not good. So it makes you wonder, doesn't it? 47% of Omicron cases have been found in those individuals who've only received the first vaccination with 33% of cases identified in people with both vaccinations and boosters. But the thing about Omicron is that it has the symptoms of a mild cold. You know, I saw something on uh, social media over the weekend. Said, um, does anybody remember a few years ago when people would say, um, yeah, everybody at my house had a bad cold last weekend, and we had the crud. We're over it now, but I guess it's just something going around. You think we'll ever get back to being able to say that? Well, not if Biden and his puppet masters, Fauci, have anything to do with it. No, they don't ever want us going back to that. Okay, wait a minute. Did you miss this one? You know, I come across so much show prep, I never can get to all of it. This is from December 14th of this year. Revealed. Liz Cheney accepted statesmanship award from Chinese Communist Party Influence Group. Oh, Natalie Winters at the National Pulse. 
U.S. Representative Liz Cheney accepted an award sponsored by the China United States Exchange Foundation, a Chinese Communist Party-backed influence group. It's actually flagged by the U.S. government for its efforts to coerce American leaders to take actions or or adopt positions supportive of Beijing. Really? Representative Cheney, alongside Senators Tim Scott, Republican, Chris Coons, Democrat, and Representative Jim Clyburn, Democrat, received the Association of Former Members of Congress 2021 Statesmanship Award. Among the sponsors of the award are the China-United States Exchange Foundation. Cheney, frequent critic of Donald Trump and member of the House's January 6th Commission, also participated in a virtual conversation with the group which has a long record of collaboration with the China-U.S. Exchange Foundation. That's a group that was founded by the vice chairman of the highest-ranking entity overseeing China's United Front, which a Chinese-U.S. Security and Economic Review Commission identifies as Beijing's operation to co-opt and neutralize sources of potential opposition to the policies and authority of a ruling Chinese Communist Party and influence foreign governments to take actions or adopt positions supportive of Beijing. Really? So it wasn't just Republican Liz Cheney. It wasn't just uh, a couple of Democrats. You'd expect U.S. Senator Chris Coons and U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn. It was Republican U.S. Senator Tim Scott out of South Carolina. Imagine that. This... uh, China-United States Exchange Foundation, C-U-S-E-F. I wonder if the, the governor of Arkansas, I wonder if he's connected to that at all because he's a big fan of communist China. Now, those of you outside Arkansas are like, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he sure is. He goes there frequently. I wonder... And I also wonder, see, there's a, there's a U.S. representative that represents a central Arkansas. If you're outside of Arkansas, you've probably never heard of him. His name is French Hill. But he stabbed Trump in the back numerous times, including talking about how Delighted he was to vote to keep Liz Cheney in House Republican leadership in the U.S. House of Representatives, even after she voted to impeach Trump because she's such an outstanding conservative. I wonder if the fact that Liz Cheney accepted an award from a Chinese Communist Party influence group would change the... uh, Opinion of U.S. Representative Rhino French Hill about her? Eh, probably not. Probably not. But for those of my listeners in the uh, central Arkansas area, you know, you might want to might want to mention that to them. Just 
Just a thought. Just a thought. Let's see what kind of reaction you get. It'd be nice because the people who answer the phones there, they you know, they can't help what he does, right? Anyway, uh, I guess it's about that time. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including, but not limited to, your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to online. Figure out your own payment plan. Not figure it out, they'll help you, but choose your own payment plan. And get the car, truck, van, or SUV delivered to your front door anywhere in the contiguous United States. Anywhere in the continental United States. Anyway. Today's tweet of the day is from the great Rahim Kassam, editor-in-chief of the National Pulse, co-founder of the War Room, who says, the question isn't when will things go back to normal. The question is, now that the Communist Chinese Party has shown it can infect and shut down the world with impunity and the globalists all got richer from it, why would they ever let it go back to normal? Lots of chew on there. Lots of chew on there. Um, great response, by the way, from Robert, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., of all people. No government in the history of mankind has ever relinquished power voluntarily. Got it? No government in the history of mankind has ever relinquished power voluntarily. Thank you, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Thank you, Raheem Kassam. For today's tweet of the day, the question isn't when will things get back to normal. The question is now the Communist Chinese Party has shown it can in, infect and shut down the world with impunity and the globalists got richer, all got richer from it. Why would they ever let it go back to normal? I mean, you think Pfizer wants things getting back to normal? You think Johnson and Johnson wants things going back to normal? You think Moderna wants things going back to normal? You think Fauci wants things going back to normal? You think whoever is pulling Biden's strings wants things going back to normal? Biden doesn't care one way or the other. He just reads what's on the parent, the um, teleprompter in front of him. I once was doing a, a video presentation, and I wanted a teleprompter, and the guy directing the video said, no, no, we can just do a little bit at a time, but I don't want, I don't ever want anybody reading from a teleprompter because you can see their eyes reading the teleprompter. I said, oh, okay, well, that that makes sense. Thank you for explaining that to me. Because the Biden... Buddy, buddy, anytime he's in front of that podium, in front of those microphones, you can see him reading the teleprompter and sometimes with disastrous effects, you know, because he clearly has no idea what's going on. No earthly 
idea what's going on. But they insist this guy got 81 million votes. They lie. They lie with impunity, don't they? Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. Let me uh, let me get back to the uh, the let's go Brandon thing. The great Matt Walsh is he at the Blaze or Daily Wire? I forget. Anyway, he says. I think it's good that they hunted down that guy who said, let's go Brandon to Biden and try to destroy his life. In a democracy, we simply should not be allowed to talk about our political leaders that way. Besides, the left has never shown any disrespect towards Republican presidents. He says, I distinctly remember the media and all leftists demonstrating an enormous amount of respect and reverence For the office of the presidency during the Trump years, they were models of dignity, restraint, and decorum. Who can forget Kathy Griffin holding the severed head of the president in an effort to show how much she actually respected the president? She loved and respected him so much that she wanted to carry his head around with her. Truly an inspiration. I remember Robert De Niro earning a standing ovation for saying F. Trump during the Tony Awards. His respect for the office of the presidency was so deep and profound that he even wanted to have sexual relations with the president. We should all aspire to such reverence. Now, say, um, Matt Walsh, fella, he, he's pretty good at uh, sarcastic sense of humor. You know what I'm saying? New York Times reporting beef prices are soaring, but ranchers are going broke. Behind this apparent manifestation of the, of the great supply chain disruption, a story of monopoly power. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure Biden likes that, too. I'm sure I'm sure he does. Now this I don't know if you've thought about this or not. And this is somebody who goes by Yes's World over at Twitter. I don't know what the person's real name is. But think about this. So when we saw the fake videos of people dropping dead in China at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone panicked. But now athletes are dropping dead. And just crickets? Really? Soccer players, the world over, just dropping dead on the field. And nothing. Nothing. The great Dr. Robert Malone. A link to a new article. Risk of myocarditis following sequential COVID-19 vaccinations by age and sex. He says, in summary, the risk of hospital uh, hospital admission or death from myocarditis is greater following COVID-19 infection than following vaccination and remains modest following sequential doses of mRNA vaccine, including a third booster, a third booster dose of BNT. 162B in the overall population. However, the risk of myocarditis following vaccination is consistently higher in younger males, particularly following a second dose of the mRNA 1273 vaccine. 
And that's why you have young men dropping dead, I believe, on soccer fields all over the world. There's video of it out there. Oh, yeah. There's video of it out there. Now, the great Julie Kelly, who I've interviewed, I interviewed her on my local talk radio show in Little Rock, Arkansas. I've interviewed her on my national live stream slash podcast here. Great Julie Kelly has a new article out at amgreatness.com entitled Surveillance Video Shows D.C. Police Beating Women on January 6th. And she says, Recently released surveillance video from inside the Lower West Terrace Tunnel at the Capitol Building from last January 6th confirms what American Greatness has reported for months. Law enforcement officers from the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department and U.S. Capitol Police led a brutal assault against Trump supporters trapped inside that tunnel during the Capitol protest. The three-hour clip offers one angle, what happened between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. in the tunnel, the site of the most violent clashes between police and protesters. It also is the location where Roseanne Boyland, a Trump supporter from Georgia, died. One clip shows the attack on Victoria White, a Minnesota mother of four, who was viciously beaten by at least two D.C. Metro officers, including a supervisor. And there's a link to a tweet with a clip from the video, which says, As per Julie Kelly, Victoria White was violently beaten while trapped between police on January 6th while trying to escape to safety. Here is enlarged and enhanced footage. You can see her climbing up to breathe fresh air as she's pummeled in the face by unnamed Metro PD supervisor. Julie Kelly continues in her article here, the video supports what Victoria White told me in a series of interviews earlier this month. She was repeatedly beaten on the head with a baton and punched directly in the face numerous times by police. One officer grabbed her by the hair and shook her head side to side. Government charging documents, however, claim Victoria White, who's five foot six, weighs 155 pounds, and had no weapon, was the aggressor. Really? So the government charging documents say, and I quote, by approximately 4.07 p.m., White's red cap had fallen off. She lost her black coat, and she can be seen inside the entranceway, grabbing for one of the MPD officers standing on a ledge, unquote. That's what an FBI investigator wrote in a 12-page complaint. He also wrote this, quote, as the video progresses, the MPD officers attempt to push White back with their riot shields and fend her off with a baton. White is seen in a red sweater, and it appears that she is attempting to grab a shield and uses her hand to block the baton, unquote. I'm tired of hearing this bit about uh, oh, most FBI officers, most FBI agents are, are good guys. I'm tired of hearing this because they never 
do the whistleblower thing. They never push back against the horrible crimes of their fellow agents, do they? No, they don't. Anyway, I digress. The article continues, Victoria White, bleeding from the head in a photo included in the complaint, was transported to a D.C. police station and released the evening of January 6th. The FBI raided her home and took her into custody on April 8th. In September, a grand jury indicted Victoria White on four counts, including disorderly conduct. Darth Crypto, an anonymous Twitter account with access to the video footage, produced a separate clip showing a police officer punching another unidentified woman in the face. Wow. An officer standing on a ledge inside the tunnel sprayed pepper spray and attacked two women within a matter of minutes. Hitting one woman, attempting to escape the melee with his baton and stomping another woman on the head after she fell down from the force of the crowd. Another unidentified person, it's hard to determine from the grainy footage whether it's a man or a woman, trapped in the lower left corner of the tunnel, is beaten by other officers at the mouth of the tunnel. When someone outside of the tunnel attempts to drag the person out, an officer pulls the person back into the corner of the tunnel and traps this person with a riot shield to endure more beatings. Protesters witnessing the brutality confronted and attacked officers in return. Shortly before 4.30 p.m., Roseanne Boylan's lifeless body was face up on the ground outside the tunnel. Her friend Justin Winchell begged for help. She's dead, she's dead, he screamed, according to body-worn camera footage. In April, the D.C. Medical Examiner's Office concluded that Boylan died of an accidental drug overdose. Her family reportedly has hired an investigator to find out the real cause of her death. That medical examiner kind of reminds me of the medical examiner uh, Bill Clinton had back in the 80s and early 90s in Arkansas. Fahmy Malik, remember him? If you ever read the Boys in the Tracks book, you'd know him. Fahmy Malik was the kind of guy you'd deliver a corpse to him with two uh, gunshot wounds in the back of the head. He'd say suicide. You'd deliver a decapitated corpse, he'd say natural causes. That Fahmy Malik. Anyway. That's who the D.C. medical examiner reminds me of. Back to Julie Kelly's article here. Police began attacking crowds of protesters peacefully assembled outside the Capitol building around 1.15 p.m. on January 6th, shortly after President Trump finished his speech at the Ellipse. Capitol Police deployed tear gas and pepper balls into the crowd, while D.C. Metro Police threw flashbangs and sting balls filled with rubber bullets which prompted many of the initial confrontations between police and protesters. Michael Byrd, a lieutenant with Capitol Police, shot Ashley Babbitt and near point-blank range, killing her just outside the Speaker's lobby at 2.43 p.m. on January 6th. At least two January 6th defendants charged with assaulting police officers will accuse law enforcement of excessive force that day and cite self-defense as a reason for their conduct. The Justice Department has asked the judge to, re- to prevent one January 6th defendant from presenting any evidence that he had a reasonable belief that his actions were necessary to defend himself against the immediate use of unlawful force. Prosecutors also want to conceal the names of officers involved in any altercations with protesters on January 6th. Defense lawyers expect the release of more surveillance videos 
over the next few months. No officer on duty that day has been charged with unlawful force. Three D.C. Metro and one Capitol Police officer reportedly have committed suicide since January 6th. Yeah, I wonder why that was. Because they were initially included, you know, when the feds would, would lie to us about, oh, five people were killed that day. Remember that? They were initially included in that. The people who committed, the cops who committed suicide in the days and weeks after that. Interesting, interesting. Okay, just a moment. i got to take a sip of water. One moment, please. You're listening to The Doc Washburn Show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. You can now listen live weekdays, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time at DocWashburnShow.com. Podcast available at DocWashburnShow.com and for download at Spotify, iTunes, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. We are on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at DocWashburnShow.com or call us at 866-609-3711. All right, you ever been to uh, New York City? Ever spend any time in New York City? Uh, People there are out of touch, by and large, with how the rest of us live our lives. There's a woman up there named Allison Leiby. Went out on Twitter and said, People who live outside of New York City and don't have bodegas. Where do you go to buy two Diet Cokes, a roll of paper towels, and, oh, also let me get some peanut butter M&M's since I'm here. Why not? (laughs) I'm trying to remember. What is a bodega again? Because what she's describing... You could easily do it at a convenience store anywhere in America, at a Walmart, at a Kroger, at a Publix, at a Safeway, wherever you are, whatever it is, an Aldi. Uh, A bodega is a small grocery store. So apparently she thinks that uh, people outside New York City don't have small grocery stores. Um. Oh, I like this one. I can, a lot of responses here. I could walk to my corner store and get all those things with zero worry about being murdered, robbed, or assaulted on the way. Can she say the same about her bodega in New York City? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not gonna. This is not gonna work. This response said, as a New Yorker, everywhere else sucks because of the lack of delis and bodegas, LMAO, their convenience is unmatched. Get my lotto tickets with my sandwich, tobacco, and munchies or beer all at the same time. LMAO again, hot food, cold food, deli. Hot food, cold food. Delhi cat to pet. I don't know. I understand the last part of it. Somebody says, uh, bro, that's literally any gas station in Missouri. Another one said, you heard of 7-Eleven, right? 
Another one said, we have cars and can drive to the grocery store. Uh, see, a lot of people in New York City don't, don't drive. Another one says, lots of mom and pop type places all over Dallas and the surrounding suburbs. Get a fresh made burger or a burrito, pack of smokes, a six pack, and one of a thousand different sodas all while filling up your car. That's right, gas too. Another said the entire country has them at every mile. They're called Dollar General. <laughs> Here's another. We have Quick Trip, which has all that plus a kitchen that will make you a variety of different foods. See, but this guy in New York City thinks uh, this doesn't exist anywhere else. It's amazing to me. The ignorance of people in New York City about the rest of the country. Oh, one of my favorite congressmen out there, U.S. Congressman Thomas Massey, Kentucky. He says the booster shot was never about reducing symptoms. The booster shot was about trying to maintain the lie that the vaccine could prevent people from contracting and spreading COVID. That lie was the basis for all vaccine mandates and it completely disintegrated this month. Well, except that our leaders are ignoring it, right? Except that our leaders are ignoring it. So, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard about this. If I post this article on Facebook, they probably will suspend me. Wayne Allen Root from uh, a few weeks ago, how I beat COVID-19 in 48 hours with ivermectin, just like Joe Rogan and NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers. This is over at townhall.com. He says, yes, it's true. I beat COVID-19 in 48 hours with ivermectin. Before I get to that story, I have more news guaranteed to make liberals' heads explode. He says, I was married last week. That has to enrage liberals. The left hates marriage, but they really hate it. When a man who knows he's a man marries a feminine woman who knows she's a woman. And he talks about that, but I want to get back to the uh, the thing here. He says, I caught COVID-19 for the first time a few weeks ago. I beat COVID-19 in 48 hours with ivermectin and massive doses of vitamins, including intravenous vitamin C. But ivermectin is truly a miracle drug. He said, I had COVID-19 for a day when I decided to take ivermectin. From that point on, point on COVID-19 was gone in 24 hours. Yes, ivermectin and vitamins turned the dangerous, deadly, run for your life, lock down the economy, mask up for life, vaccinate or die, COVID-19 into a minor common cold. And then it was gone in 24 hours. Ivermectin made my COVID-19 bout so mild I never missed a day of work. Yes, I hosted my three-hour national radio show every day with COVID-19. No one noticed. I didn't realize he had one. First I've heard. He says, wait, it gets better. My book, The Great Patriot Protest and Boycott Book, is out. And I was on a book tour promoting the book. I was a guest over the phone over 20 radio shows that week with COVID-19, and no one noticed. 
He says, I, and I appeared on multiple national television shows via Zoom or Skype that week to promote my book with COVID-19. Yeah, no one noticed. Ivermectin and megadoses of vitamins turned deadly COVID-19 into a minor cold that never slowed me one bit. No one could even tell I was sick. But lest you think I got a mild case, not true. He says, on the first day of COVID-19, I had fever, chills, a bad cough, mucus filling my lungs, awful pain in every muscle in my body, terrible exhaustion, and I lost my sense of taste. Sound familiar? It's every symptom of COVID-19. I took two COVID-19 tests just to be certain. I tested positive twice. One day of ivermectin, and it was gone. No one ever knew until now. He says, my treatment was pretty much... Exactly the same as Joe Rogan and NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Ivermectin plus megadoses of vitamins. The outcomes were the same, too. Ivermectin works like magic. It's inexpensive. I never experienced any side effects. I thank God for ivermectin and megadoses of vitamins C and D3, zinc, quercetin, selenium, lysine, melatonin, garlic, liquid silver, and probiotics. No one has to fear COVID-19. No one needs to be forced to take a dangerous experimental vaccine. No one ever has to choose between the vaccine or their job ever again. We have a miracle drug and a wonderful vitamin regimen that works fantastically against COVID-19. I'm Exhibit A. Hey, liberals, are you listening? Have your heads exploded yet? He says, ivermectin worked for me cheaply and with no side effects. India used to... Pardon me, India used it to make the worst COVID-19 outbreak in the world disappear almost overnight. So did Mexico City, so did Japan. So why are Joe Biden, the Democrat Party, Anthony Fauci, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention trying to hide the truth? I believe ivermectin could save millions of Americans from COVID-19. Ivermectin could save our economy. Ivermectin could save millions of jobs. Ivermectin could save trillions of dollars in costs from miswork, vaccines, hospitalizations, and death. I beat COVID-19 in 48 hours with ivermectin plus vitamins. No one has to die from COVID-19. I'm playing the role of Paul Revere saying the ivermectin is coming. The ivermectin is coming. He says, I want the whole world to know. Well, it's kind of an unfortunate analogy there at the end because Paul Revere was warning that the British are coming and the British are the bad guys. Ivermectin is the good guys. But anyway... I'm thinking about putting this on my Facebook page. This is a Wayne Allen Root over townhall.com just to see what they'll do. Just to see what they'll do. Because, you know, recently Facebook admitted in a court case that um, their so-called fact-checkers are just sharing opinions. They're not actually facts. You know what I'm saying? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So again, again, we got to make sure we uh, speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. And there's a lot going on. We try to get to as much of it as we possibly can each day on the Doc Washman Show. Um, 
And I appreciate so many people, so many people downloading the podcast and and I also appreciate more and more people who are listening to us live either on the Podbean app or docwashmanshow.com appreciate y'all we're at about 100,000 downloads now after just 53 episodes you know, I, I got fired for refusing the jab from the longest job I ever had in my life. But the Lord closed one door and he opened another. And we're thankful. Okay, that having been said, you've been listening to episode 53 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped if you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the 10th. Well, that's the way it is. Monday, December 27th, 2021.